0: We hope that this message encourages you today. For more information about us, please visit myfreedom.church. You all got uh, an email from me uh, on Saturday, and, and some of you all have seen it on social media. And it was our response to the coronavirus or COVID-19, um, which I hopeful, hopefully was useful to you. Um, um, but in a part of that, there's a section uh, which I added because a lot of that's from Vineyard Church. I'm very grateful for them putting that together. Uh, but there's a bit that I wrote where we're, we're a friendly church and we like hugs, um, and we, we like to we like to you know have a have good contact with one another, don't we? Um, and it 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 just it seems sensible to to say in that email that don't don't feel under any pressure to receive a hug <laughs> if you're uncomfortable right now in the certain climate that we're in. You don't have to hug one another, all right? Okay, um, and, and, and so feel, feel released from a hug. Some people don't even like a hug anyway, and you kind of know those people because they turn to the side and make it very awkward, and they get all tense and stiff, and you go, yeah, you don't want a hug. I'm quite a huggy person, so I kind of know those people when I come across them. Um, and, and so I want to give you permission to not receive a hug, to not even receive a handshake, but I thought, well, what can we do instead of that? What can we do instead of hugging or handshaking? Well, apparently in China, um, um, they, 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 they've started something in Wuhan called the Wuhan Shake. Has anybody seen the Wuhan Shake? No, it's not that one yet. We'll get to those. No, the Wuhan Shake. Do you know what it is? What is it? It's touching feet. So let's do that. Let's greet the person next to you. Basically, you do this. Yeah, you just, you just kind of touch each other. Come, come here. On. Come here. Come here. On. So basically, you lift up your right and I lift up my right. And we just kind of, you just shuffle your uncles next to each other. All right, so maybe you could, <laughs> you could do that. You, you could also just say hello. I mean, that, that's, that's also an option too. Um, you could wave, couldn't you? You could, could wave. That's a bit weird. Um, who can do this? Who can do that? Give it a go because it's funny when people can't try. Go on. You, you could do that, live long and prosper. Hey, that's, that's not bad, we're getting there. Hey, look at that. You're all looking very cocky, though, that so you can do it. You've got this look on you, and we all do, don't we? Look what I can do. It's like people who can't kill their tongues and those who can. mm, mm-hmm. Can you kill your tongue? You could, you could tip your hat, couldn't you? What do you practice tipping your imaginary hat? I don't know. Uh, you could give a nod. You could do a sky five. You could do a sky five. Yay! Can we do a sky five? Go on, just, just to somebody near you. There you go. Oh, and this is the nicest thing. Just just find somebody the other side of the room and lock eyes with them. So just just find somebody and lock eyes. Now do an air hug. An air hug. Okay, so it's just, oh, and just, John, you've got to put your arms around them. Go on, John, and squeeze. You've got to be looking at them in the eye. Oh, there you go. You could do an air hug if you really, if you really wanted. You could do fist bumps. You could do salutes. Um, you could do that thing with the elbow. I think that's what some of you are doing. At the beginning, um, you could do air kisses, could you? I, I don't think we ever do that, uh, but, but you could do that, um, or or you could just you could just squirt them with some hand sanitizer. Uh, you, could, you could do that if you wanted. Anyway, you, you, could, you could sit back down for now if you want, guys. I've just given you some of the ways in which you you might be able to uh, greet one another. Oh dear. In all seriousness, uh, it it, it is something that we need to be concerned about. There there is an essence to which media being media does kind of blow things a little bit up out of proportion, Um, uh, simply because that's the thing they're reporting on. So you've got to keep on making it quite dramatic and interesting and what have you. But nevertheless, it is a serious thing that is traveling around the world. Um, and, and we should do what we, we can to help prevent the spread. I mean, I'm quite shocked at the pictures of the hand sanitizers that have been sold out at shops. How, how unhealthy were people before they did that? Do you know what I mean? Like, why are these things selling out now? You, you horribly unhygienic people, you. Um, so there are things we can do. Uh, we can cough into our into our elbows, um, don't do that, and don't touch your, f- I'm so aware of not touching my face uh, um, uh, these days, I tend to kind of be, stropping my beard, um, which I don't know if it helps, nobody's going to strut my beard, so Kathy doesn't stroke my beard, so there we are, um, I, w- I wanted to give you some facts though, I mean, and I- I've got this directly from the, the WHO uh, website, the World Health Organization website, okay, so generally somebody who is infected will infect one to two people. All right. Uh, it'll spread through tiny droplets, um, and so infected people need to be within—I don't know—about they say they say one to two metres. Most people are saying two metres. Uh, someone who is contagious. Incubation for the virus is between five days or less before they develop symptoms, but it could be as much as 14 days. Uh, and you can you can get it by touching a surface at somebody who's got the COVID-19 virus, but that's quite rare. It's probably not going to happen as often as you, as you might think. Yeah, the virus itself is quite susceptible to hot temperatures and it's, it's, it's susceptible to simple disinfectants as well. Uh, apparently I saw a snapshot, I don't know if it was made up or if it's real I hope it's real, uh, on the back of some uh, disinfectant bottles it said coronavirus is one of the things that it kills because coronavirus is, a, is a, a range of viruses, it's not actually one, that's why it's called COVID-19, that's the actual virus. So actually it's quite killable if, you just, if you're just a bit hygienic you know, we, we can get there don't eat bats. Um, so uh, it, the symptoms are fever, dry cough, shortness of breath, uh, leading possibly to uh, pneumonia. Some people will only ever experience mild symptoms, and in this case, for this one, children and young adults, my goodness, you're safe, you're all right, unless you've got an underlying health condition. Children and young adults are, are actually quite, they'll, they'll, they'll brush it off apparently, and most are expected to get over an infection in just a couple of days. But again, with anything others, it might become more flu-like. Uh, and, and again, a small percentage, uh, generally older people, um, are those already at risk of an underlying um, um, problem. So as a church, we need to be aware of those who maybe are older, on the older side, and what underlying Issues that you might be aware of, and pray for those people and, and say to those people, What can I do to help you? All right, I'm not going to point out people in this congregation this morning, you know who they are. All right, so just be aware of people around us as, as, a, as a congregation. 80% of people recover without any special treatment. All right, I hope it's making you feel a little bit better. Um, presently, this is going to make you feel worse now. Presently, the mortality rate is 3%. Uh, but that's, that's the worst-case scenario, and that's an overestimation. Um, but but that's, that's what they have to put out there. SARS, anybody remember SARS, the outbreak? Um, that was found to have a mortality rate of 10%. Uh, and MERS, uh, that was uh, close to 40%. So it, it's quite low. The main difference seems to be the infection rate is higher uh, in COVID-19 than those other two. So it might appear worse to us because we're hearing infection, infection, infection. But actually, it, it's not as as bad as all that. Here we go, unhygienic people. Washing your hands for more than 20 seconds will help you a lot. You don't even have, need to have hand sanitizer. Um, and I posted something the other day. Rather than sing Happy Birthday twice, sing a hymn. I don't know. Sing a Christian song. Great is thy faithfulness. You could do that. I don't know. Okay, I'll sing again. Um, uh, you can use alcoholic rub, but it's got to be over 6% alcohol. So anything less than that, it's pretty pointless. Avoid touching your eyes, your nose, your mouth, and, and, uh, uh, and cover your mouth when sneezing or dispose of it with a disposable tissue um, and never cough or sneeze into bare hands, which you shouldn't do anyway. Shouldn't do anyway, although Nathaniel said the teacher was coughing into his hands. I went, well, don't touch him and tell him. Don't touch him and tell him. He's been disgusting. Um, self Isolating is helpful, particularly if any of you have been to Italy, China, Iran, South Korea. Anybody been to those countries recently? Do you know anybody who's been to those countries recently? Oh, okay. Um, you should be pretty much okay. For most people in most locations, the risk of catching COVID-19 is presently low, but this is changing. The fact is, it will spread, and the fact is, you'll begin to know people who have had it or, or who are going through it, okay? Um, but we just pray, and, and we, we keep up good hygiene, all right? So there's some of the, the, the facts, because at the end of the day, um, and this is what I really want to talk about, I want to talk about worry and anxiety this morning, um, when, when we start to hear about things like this, we, we, we begin to hear. We, we, we're concerned, aren't we? It's kind of like stage one. We we're concerned about. It. We begin to hear about it on the radio. Um, any, anybody anybody like worrying? Any anybody anybody like it? Do you do you love it? Weird. Uh, would you want you want to worry more? Anybody want to worry more? Do you think you want to get be be worriers? Uh, um, okay. Well, how many how many of us then feel our lives might be better if we could just spend one more hour worrying? How how many any, anybody. Anybody want to worry? Listen, for some of us, we might know worry as just something that comes along every now and again. And I'm going to define what I mean by concern, worry, and anxiety in a bit. Um, for others, you may you may actually, um, for all the smiles you've given me, there may be people in here, and actually, statistically, are people in here who where worry. Uh, and if you're listening online, there'll be some of you out there as well where worry is actually quite a con- it's a constant companion, and you find yourself drifting into that state quite quickly. Um, and then that can like, leads to anxiety. And anxiety, that can be quite painful as well. It can be quite a debilitating thing. Um, And and some of us have or will experience those kind of levels of anxiety as as we go forward. And and, um, really, we want want to know how do we we not suffer from those things less? How can we not find ourselves in, in those kind of areas? And hopefully today, I'm going to help you towards thinking about how that might be. Because all of us, we're all, we're, we are all prone to worry and anxiety. And today's climate in this climate, we're probably feeling it more than ever. Um, some people will be worrying massively. Some of us in here might be worrying about it massively. Some of us might be barely giving it a, a look in. But the thought of what it could turn into will still be in there somewhere, won't it? Um, raising that stress level just a, a little bit. It uh, knees poorly this morning. Um, and, and the first thing, well, she was poorly last night. What did I think about? I thought about COVID-19. I, I thought about that, and I immediately thought, who's, who, who's the school friends? Where have they been on holiday, and all that kind of stuff. Now, I went through, I'm going to be honest with you, I went through the whole checklist on 111. It's, I think she's okay. I'm 99% sure she's not got that. It's just something else. Other, other viruses are available. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it's not that. Um, but, you know, I can't be 100% sure, so don't shake my hand. Um, the, the, the point is, we, we, all, we all worry, and we all experience anxiety at some point. And the good news for us is that God can help us manage our anxiety. He can help us manage our worry. Worry doesn't have to dominate. It doesn't have to destroy our lives. i say that again so you, you believe it and you say amen. Worry doesn't have to dominate. It doesn't have to destroy our lives. Uh, because God can help us. But I don't want to suggest that dealing with it is easy. Um, when I was at the um, uh, conference on, uh, a few weeks ago, the um, uh, Love Nations thing, Carl Beach, the, the main speaker... Uh, um, Said so he kind of gets fed up at Christians who go, you know, so I'm feeling ill. No, you're not. I'm feeling, I'm feeling ill. No, you're not. By your stripes, you are healed. No, I'm really feeling ill. Shut up. Um, and yes, we, 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 we are. That's the ideal. That's what we see. That's what we pray for. But the realities of life is that we will sometimes feel like sick, and we will sometimes feel worried and anxious. And, and it's how we deal with that in in you know within um, what we know within our, our kind of world view. Because I don't want to fall into the trap of dealing with simplistic analysis. And I don't, I, don't, I don't want to simplistically approach this subject of worry and anxiety. Okay? How many of you remember this song? How many of you remember this song? Sing it with me, if you, if you know it. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note, but don't worry. bum, bum, bum. Be happy. In every life we have some trouble. You see that like the action. But when you worry, you make it double, don't worry, do, do-do,-do. Be happy. It's a catchy tune, is not it? And it might make you feel good. but that's not a real solution to worry, is it? It's, not, it's, not, it's, it's getting there, but it's not really there. Here's, here's another one. Here's another one. You jumped ahead of me. Okay, you're going to sing it now with me. Akuna Matata, what a wonderful phrase. Akuna Matata ain't no passing craze. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem free philosophy. It's our problem free philosophy. All right, that'll do. Okay. All right. Now, doesn't that sound great? That sounds good as well, doesn't it? All we need to do is adopt a philosophy, um, right? Is it, that's all we need to do. So um, just shout, don't worry, be happy. Akuna Matara. Don't you feel better already? Anybody Anybody feel better? I feel great. <laughs> sing, that you sing that while you wash your hands. That's good. That, I love that. Yeah, sing those, sing those songs while you wash your hands. I wish it was that easy. I really wish it was that easy. I wish we could brush it off, but we can't. We, 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 we can't brush off worry and anxiety that easy. So I want to work through several questions about worry and anxiety. And Google's online dictionary defines worry as, feel or cause to feel anxious or troubled about actual or potential problems. That's key in that, potential problems. The same dictionary says of anxiety, feeling of nervousness or unease about something with an uncertain outcome. Again, the end of that is quite important: an uncertain outcome. So, we're in anxiety primarily of those things that we, that haven't happened yet and might not even happen. The thing is, just like experiencing physical pain, which tells us when something is wrong with our bodies, physical pain is actually quite a good thing. Did you know that? It's quite a good thing. Those who can't feel pain at all, they're not living a life of bliss. You know, um, Things can break and they don't know and they can die from complications and what have you. So actually, pain is, is, is a good thing, despite what we might feel at the time. You might not feel it's a good thing at the time when you experience pain, but it's a good thing. It seems to me that to experience anxiety or worry might be a normal reaction. To, to, to threatening, dangerous, uncertain, or, or important situations. It's actually a normal reaction. So it's not negative. It's not bad that you might begin to feel worried or anxious. And as I go on, you'll understand what I'm talking about is how you're letting that control your life. Because again, pain is a good thing, but pain then starts to control what you do and how you think and becomes your focus. So let's put it into that context. There's, there's a normal level of worry and anxiousness about something that actually, actually can enhance your, uh, your ability, our ability to motivate ourselves. There's a level of that and, and, and can actually be quite productive. Uh, we might say that, that such people work well under, under pressure um, and, and might need a level, actually need a level of pressure to stop them procrastinating. Or, or being lethargic uh, about doing a job, and I've, I've got a whole up and say, at times I'm like that. I actually respond better when I'm under pressure, when I need to make decisions. Um, otherwise, I can I can I can lean towards procrastination. So, and sometimes I purposely put myself in situations where the stress levels raised a little or two because I work better. That's me. I work better in those situations. I was one of the, I was one of those people at school who never liked coursework. Do ever like coursework, um, but I, I didn't like that constant pressure of every week in week out. I liked let's study, 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 exam, boom. I liked that, and that's how I still am now. But others, that's the most, that's the worst thing in the world, and that brings you pressure, uh, worry, and anxiety. So we're all different, aren't we? That's that's kind of I guess what I'm I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to say. So low level anxiety and worry might be something, might be helpful if it leads us to a positive outcome. But there is this whole other level of anxiety, which, which can cripple someone. Anybody, anybody experience that on, don't nod your head, it'd be kind of a rhetorical question, or do you know somebody who's in that situation? It can cripple someone from doing anything at all, uh, form any meaningful thoughts, uh, and ultimately leading to depression and feelings of hope, hopelessness that 's what it can lead to, and that kind of worry it generates thoughts uh, focused on fear and danger and for some people anxiety well it 's excessive it 's chronic and it interferes with their ability to, to function in normal normal activities, normally normal daily activities and there are levels. Uh, of anxiety and worry that we, we can all feel at different times and, and, and the levels, you know, they can be low or they can be excessive, we're all different and we require different solutions to cope with different problems. So even what I'm about to share this morning, I think it's, 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 good, it's good advice, and it's biblical advice and it's, 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 it's biblical truths, what I'm, what I'm going to share about in a little bit, but sometimes there, there are other things that need to come into that as well, Yeah. And I want to make a case there's a distinction between worry and concern. There's a distinction between those two as well. <clears throat> For example, when, um, when I first let Neve walk to school on her own, which we were living at Bolbeck Avenue, and she went to Shire Oak School, which is it's literally a five-minute walk up the road from Bolbeck. Um, when, when we first made that, that milestone, that decision to let her go, I was concerned about her safety. I was concerned. Um, The probability of anything actually happening to her was was pretty low. Um, But what concern did was that it helped me recognise potential problems or issues that she might come across on that walk to school, and therefore I would do what I could to, to, to lower those risks. That's what concern did. So concern was helpful. So, before letting Neve toddle off on her own ahead of me, we made sure through that concern that she knew how to cross a road. Kids, they, they just run across roads. <laughs> they're, just, they're just silly. They, they don't, but they don't know, do they? They don't know unless we tell them that this is dangerous and you need to look both ways. Then then they don't know, and they'll just run straight across the road. So to lower my concern, uh, to help me to get, I I taught her how to cross the road safely, and I I told her to identify anybody who looked a bit weird or odd, not to go near them. All right. So this helped me with my concern. If if myself and Kathy, if we hadn't been concerned about Neve's safety, then we wouldn't be very responsible parents, would we? No, we wouldn't have been. But concern can quickly turn into worry. And worry can attach itself to excessive anxiety. And we might find that, almost without realising it, I might have found that suddenly we're afraid for Neve's safety. We're beginning to fear that walk to school. And we can be consumed with it. And that kind of worry... That's high-level worry, to you, and that's anxiety, and it might cause us to keep walking Neve to school until she graduates. Sure, she'd love, she'd love that, eh? She wouldn't even let me hold her hand if, she, if, if there's a potential possibility there will be friends or people she knows around anymore. Hugs, forget those, <laughs> not anymore, not when she's outside the car in the morning. Um, but you, you that—that's how ridiculous it might get that, that you, you know, we, we, would, we, we are now consumed with fear about what might happen to, to Neve on our way to school. So in terms of how we're handling this situation, uh, this COVID-19 uh, situation, how much has worry um, and anxiety, how much is it heightened? How much is it now fuelled by fear that we're seeing shops sold out of hand-cleaning gel? And then for some reason, toilet roll. Like, they're the most two important things that people have in their world. Forget food. We want hand-cleaning gel or something to wipe our bottoms with. Wow. Um, we, by the way, we, we, we subscribe to Who Gives a Crap. Uh, so we, we get online deliveries of uh, um, ethical... Uh, um, company who gives away 50% of their profits to people who need uh, good hygiene in their countries and things. So if, if you want to know more, come and talk to me about Who Gives a Crap, because it is a brilliant organisation. And we get delivered. And we got double delivery last month for some weird reasons. We got loads of toilet paper. Don't tell anybody until the panic's over. I don't want people coming and breaking in to get my toilet roll. We've got one little hand gel, got loads of toilet roll. Now listen, for some of you, for some of you it might seem sensible to go and buy toilet roll. And, and it, you know it, it probably is. It probably is to a degree, get yourself some toilet roll in case shop sold out. But then, anyway, I don't know. But how far will worry and anxiety and fear push us to that next step of beginning to hoard food? So we begin to... It's like a zombie outbreak now. We're beginning to hoard food in, in case we, we can't greet anybody in the street. You know, they're going to bite us and give us COVID-19. You know, we, we stop our children from going to school, even though nobody's saying do that yet. No sensible government official is saying do that now. They're not even stopping football matches yet and rugby match and all that. They're not doing that. We're not there yet. If we get there, when, you know, there's no hint of of... Of the virus really breaking out massively in any areas of the UK. and uh, So concern, concern leads us to take precautions, doesn't it? Leads us to take precautions. But worry and anxiety shouldn't be crippling us from continuing to live with some semblance of normality. But despite that, I, we, we live in the real world, and, and, and I want to help us deal with, with Reality. As I said earlier, I don't want a faith that says, let's pretend. I want a faith that can stand up to and be helpful regardless of what life throws in my direction. That's the kind of faith I want. We worry because life can be hard. It can be full of uncertainties like what's happening right now. And we often worry because, as we heard in those definitions, the future is uncertain. But a lot of worry comes because we're not in control. We can't control the situation. We've got this illusion that we're in control, but, but in reality we're not. And what, what I mean by that is that we can't effectively control the future. We can't effectively control the future because we can't control what other people do. And we can't control what the, what, their, what their actions are going to be. And that lack of control is something that can bring us worry. And a lot of us might be worrying right now. A lot of you said you weren't at the beginning. You may be. Some of you out there maybe in, in the internet world. Because to any great degree, you can't control what's happening because of COVID-19. You can't control people not coughing into their hands. We can't control... Uh, whether they tell people that they've been to those high-risk places. We can't do any of that. And so if you, if you focus on that, it, begin, it leads to worry, like worry that begins to cripple your everyday thoughts and actions. The bottom line is, even before COVID-19, there's always going to be things to worry about. But the most important question we need to find an answer for, what is the solution to worry? So a good solution where you find some answers is turning to God's Word. So why do we do that? Because you brought your Bibles with you because you've come to church, haven't you? Oh, you've got your Bible apps and you're going to open those. And we're going to turn to Matthew 6 and we're just going to read from verse 25. And we're going to see together what solutions Jesus gives us for worry. So Matthew 6, verse 25. Some of you will know this actually anyway, but it's good to get into the Word and to open the pages and to spark up your Bible app and 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 to read it. This is why I tell you to never be worried about your life. For all that you need will be provided, such as food, water, clothing, everything your body needs. Isn't there more to your life than a meal? Isn't your body uh, uh, more than clothing? Look at all the birds. Do you think they worry about their existence? They don't plant food or reap or store up food. Yet your, sorry, not plant or reap or store up food, yet your heavenly Father provides them each with food. And aren't you much more valuable to your Father than they? So, which one of you, by worrying, could add anything to your life? The very words of Jesus. Part of the answer to the question is that worry accomplishes uh, nothing. Jesus said, so which one of you, by worrying, could add anything to your life? In other translations, he says it this way, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And the answer is, is, no no one. No one can, can do that. There's a saying that some of you might know, and it goes like this. Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> worry is like putting your car in neutral, revving the engine aggressively. And it burns petrol, and it burns oil, and it's pretty noisy, and it gets lots of attention. But again, you don't go anywhere. You're just making a racket. So not only does worry not helpers, it often has the opposite effect. Worried about losing your hair, consistently worrying about it might just accelerate the process. I don't know if medical is any truth to that, but they say that, don't they? Worried about losing your job. Well, worry might lower your performance, which might lead to you losing your job. Worried about getting sick. But well, worry and anxiety is shown in some experiments that it actually suppresses your immune system and will actually make you more likely to get sick. So worrying about getting sick might make you sick. Worry about losing your job might make you lose your job. Worrying about losing your hair might make you lose your hair. Um, the first line of Proverbs 12.25 says, Anxious fear brings depression. When we're tempted to worry... Let's remember that it accomplishes very little. And the Bible tells us it adds nothing at all to our lives. In fact, we're reminded in the verses from Matthew that God cares about us very much. Jesus asked the question in verse 26 after telling us how much his father cares about the birds and the flowers. Aren't you more valuable to your father than they? I'm pointing at you. You are really valuable to God. Psalm 34 from verse 17 says, Yet when holy lovers of God cry out to him with all their hearts, the Lord will hear them and come to rescue them from their troubles. The Lord is close to all whose hearts are crushed by pain. And he is always ready to restore the repentant one. Even when bad things happen to good and the godly ones, the Lord will save them and will not be defeated by what they face. When you're tempted to worry, be rest assured that God cares. God cares. He not only cares, but he he also helps those that he loves. Again, look at Jesus' words uh, in Matthew 6 from verse 31. So then forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For that is what the unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly Father already know the things that your bodies require? So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from Him. Then all those less important things, you ready? Will be given to you abundantly. Chase after what's good and right and everything else will be given to you. Often we're worried and we're anxious because we focus on the wrong things. And it's not that those things aren't important. So you can, that we can be concerned about them. The issue arises when those things become all-encompassing. And we leave no room for God. I remember as a kid, when I turned into a spotty teenager. Anybody ever turned into a spotty teenager? Okay, one person's being honest. Yeah, okay, yeah well, wow, wow, flipping out you're all you're all amazing, Wow, okay, well, most of my friends were spotty as well i don 't know, some greater or lesser degree, anyway, okay, well, bless you, brilliant. all right, well, listen for me, uh, uh, for a short time, I looked and I saw this growing problem on my face, and um, it became the only thing I could think about for a short period of, for, for a period of time and and I looked for solutions everywhere. I hope you're. Empathising with me, those of you who have this issue. Um, Okay, so so eat better. In other words, avoid chocolate. For some reason, chocolate gets blamed for everything. That's a shame. Um, Drink loads of water. I did that. I drank loads of water. If anybody knows me, I've got such a small bladder. I was going to the toilet every hour. You know, it's crazy. And I'm sure that I bought every spot-bursting treatment on the pharmacy shelves. You know, everything I could do to, to try and help my face. Um, maybe even I tried, I don't know if I ever tried. You know those things, Optrix, with your eyes? I think I tried that with my face at one point, just to see. I don't know. But what was the real solution? Well, the real solution is this. Wash my face. Regularly. Wash it. At least in the morning and an evening, wash it. And then let time pass. Because my body would grow out of it. That's the cool thing about being a spotted teenager. You stop being a spotty teenager and you turn to a handsome, handsome man. You're laughing far too much at that point. So the thing is, we we can have our priorities out of line. We get get confused and worried about which line we're supposed to be crossing. We worry about what we eat, but we don't care enough about what we're doing with the life that makes food possible. We worry about what we wear, but we aren't concerned enough about what we're going to do with the bodies that we're putting those clothes on. We we'll worry about living as long as possible, but we don't give enough attention to what we're actually doing with our lives. The priority that should be right at the top is, is the one that Jesus tells us to seek, which is his kingdom and his righteousness. Our main focus and our goals should be centred on God's reign in our lives and, and in the church. When our greatest concerns are about God's stuff, then all the other stuff is kept in the right perspective. And we need not be anxious about it. In fact, we need to remember to to take life one day at a time. In verse 34 of Matthew 6, Refuse to worry about tomorrow. But deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. It's not that we don't plan well. It's not that we don't plan and and we don't do good things. The point is that we're not letting worry lead the way. I read online uh, that when researchers looked at the days of the week, most heart attacks occur on Mondays at least on Saturdays. You can look it up yourself. Just type it in. I'm not going to give you a reference. Just type it in. Um, and in fact, the risk of getting a heart attack was 11% higher on Monday than any other day Tuesday to Friday. It's an astonishing statistic, isn't it? Because it's telling you that, that we're, it's statistically important It's telling us that how we feel, how we're responding, how we're living is affecting our our physiological condition. Why is that? Why is that a statistic? Because Monday is when most people's workload comes in. It's when you, you realize, you discover for a fresh what you've got to do for the remainder of the week. And it just raises the stress a little bit, raises anxiety a little bit, raises the worry a bit. They begin to creep in. And, and if we try to think about everything that's ahead of us, we'll go crazy, won't we? We try to think about everything. I told you this before, but again, as a small child, I, I, used, to, I used to worry myself rotten by trying to work out every avenue of every decision that I might possibly make and where that might go. And where, It's like a little tree root system from my initial actions. I used to freeze in, you know, in making decisions because I wanted to first out figure where each one might go and what it might lead to. It makes you go crazy and I don't recommend it. And Jesus himself encourages us not to. Um, someone wrote this piece of wisdom. I think it might even be a poem. I'm going to read it to you now in full. You can close your eyes if you want. Maybe it's you know, bedtime Ready for you to. I want you to chill and relax. I want you to just enjoy what, kind of, well, just consider and enjoy what I'm about to say to you. It's quite profound. There are two days in every week about which we should not worry, two days which should be kept free from fear and apprehension. One of these days is yesterday, with all its mistakes and cares, its faults and blunders, its aches and pains. Yesterday's past. Forever beyond our control. All the money in the world cannot bring back yesterday. We cannot undo a single act we performed. We cannot erase a single word we said. Yesterday is gone forever. The other day we should not worry about is tomorrow. With all its possible adversities, its burdens or its large promise... Tomorrow is beyond our immediate control. Tomorrow's sun will rise, either in splendor or behind a mask of clouds, but it will rise. Until it does, we have no stake in tomorrow, for it is yet to be born. This leaves only one day, today. Any person can battle can fight the battle of just one day. It is only when you and I add the burdens of those two awful eternities, yesterday and tomorrow, that we break down. It is not the experience of today that drives a person mad. It is the remorse or bitterness of something which happened yesterday and the dread of what tomorrow might bring. Let us therefore live but one day at a time. Don't worry about yesterday's mess or tomorrow's stress. Just live in the awareness of today and remember to pray. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4 Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing, be saturated in prayer throughout each day offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. And what is Paul saying in those words? Don't worry about everything, but pray about everything. Worry doesn't help. But prayer really does. Paul also wrote in his letter to the Ephesians, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. In other words, rather than solely trusting in our own power and our own wisdom, we need to place all our trust in God. And any time we begin to find ourselves worrying, that's then our invitation to remember to pray. Take it to God. Leave it with God. And what's the result? God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding. And if all all that I've said isn't enough to you, if it isn't enough for you to check your worry and your anxiety, let me give you one more verse. 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there. For he always tenderly cares for you. Or to put another way, load upon him your every anxiety, for he is always watching over you. We are not in control, but God is. We don't know the future, but God does. Why not trust him then? Why not let God, especially in our present climate, give us all an anxiety makeover. So remember, number one, worry accomplishes nothing. Number two, God cares. Number three, put first things first. Number four, take one life, uh, take one, uh, yeah, take life one day at a time. And five, five, pray about everything whether you are listening or watching we hope you enjoyed this message please consider giving us a rating on your preferred podcast provider if you're watching please hit the subscribe button and click the notification bell so that you never miss another video from freedom church